Greetings to each of you in Jesus' name. It's a blessing to be together to worship the Lord with you today. We count it a privilege to be here. I don't know how Brother Davey and Brother Jonathan, Brother Daryl feel when they go to a, another congregation. Um, I sat down with a notebook of sermons last evening and started going over them, which one, which one. And, you know, there might have been, well, there were several others. Maybe I would have rather have chosen uh, for this morning, but one of the things, I'll be right up front with you, it's not so much what Jay wants to speak, but what does the Lord want me to use? I mean, I don't know the needs of this congregation, but I desire to be led by the Spirit uh, to the message that he would want me to use. And so this might be maybe not one that I would have chosen, but um, I'm glad to share uh, with you this morning. Several reasons, I did preach this almost a year ago at the peak, but there were several situations that brought me to, uh, to use this sermon. The first one would be this. If I had the opportunity to only preach one sermon and I was done, what sermon would I preach? By the grace of God, it would be my desire to lift up Jesus as the Son and as the Redeemer. The second reason that I preached this sermon at the peak was I was reading a book by Simon Schrock. How many of you have read this book? Okay, a few of you, not many. The title was Bad Enough and Good Enough to Be a Preacher Someday. I'd like to share just a little bit from that book. I was challenged by some of the that I read in that book especially, and I'll get into it in just a minute. Um, sometime early in Simon's childhood, he came across a gospel tract about Joseph Stalin. Stalin. Stalin was the self-appointed premier of the Soviet Union. He served as dictator from 1929 to 1953, and he was responsible for the death of millions of his own people who opposed his communistic rule. He was portrayed as being a very wicked and a very anti-God person. You think of Herod was like that. You can think of Hitler. You can think of others that were very anti-God, leaders that were very anti-God. And I continue, and this came from the book, and I did call Simon Schrock and I asked him, can I use can I use some of the quotes and stuff from your book in a sermon? And he gave me privilege to do that. From Bible stories and preaching at church, I knew wicked people went to hell when they died. Sometime after Stalin's death, I came across a track with a picture of him in his coffin. The track was titled, Stalin Sleeps the Sleep of Death. I remember reading this track out in the milk house, probably when I should have been tending the milking process. What was striking and somewhat baffling for me was that the track explained that Stalin wasn't in an eternal hell because of the wicked acts of killing all those people. Stalin was there because he did not believe in God and accept God's gift of salvation and forgiveness through trusting Christ to be his Savior. He did not turn to Christ in confession, seeking forgiveness for his sinfulness. I continue to quote, Could it really be possible that such a wicked person 
could have been forgiven? Was he really sleeping the sleep of death because he didn't place his faith in the Son of God who loved the sinner so much that he died for his sins? The milking chores needed to go on with some, something serious to think about. Stalin sleeps the sleep of death not because of his gross sin, but because of rejecting God's gift of salvation and forgiveness made possible through trusting Jesus Christ. I don't know, as I was reading that book, I mean, that really resonated in my heart, in my thoughts, and so this message is kind of based somewhat on that. The title of the message this morning is Choose You This Day. And brothers and sisters, I submit to you that there's no choice in life that is more important than what will you do with Jesus. Your eternal destiny, either heaven or hell, hangs in the balance. To neglect, to resist, or to procrastinate in making a decision is already a decision by default. You have already chosen. Now, I'm happy to say most of you in this auditorium this morning, you have made that decision of what will you do with Jesus. But, you know, time goes on, moves along quickly. We have people coming into our, our churches. We have children that are growing up, coming to the age of accountability. And there could be someone who is here that has neglected or that has resisted the call of God on your life. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, but what? Thank you. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And I say, choose you this day. Most of you have chosen, but there could be someone here today that have not. Someone that has come to the age of accountability, and the Lord has been speaking to you. I'd like to look at God's call to choose in the Old Testament. I'd like to look at God's call to choose in the New Testament and then God's call to us in 2019. Turn with me into 1 Kings chapter 18. There are a lot of accounts in the Old Testament where people were called, individuals and groups of people were called to make a decision for or against God. Here's one of them, and there are many. 1 Kings 18, verses 16 to 24. So Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, And Ahab went to meet Elijah, and it came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah, that Ahab said unto him, Art thou he that troubleth Israel? And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house, in that ye have forsaken the the commandments of the Lord, and thou hast followed Balaam. Now therefore send and gather to me all Israel unto Mount Carmel, and the prophets of Baal 450, and the prophets of the groves of 400, which eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent unto all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together unto Mount Carmel. And Elijah came unto all the people and said, and this is part of choose you this day, he called them together to make a choice. And Elijah said, how long are you going to halt between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. Then said Elijah unto the people, I, even I, remain a prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are 450 men. 
Let them therefore give us two bullocks, and let them choose one bullock for themselves, and cut it in pieces, and lay it on the wood, and put no fire under, and I will dress the other bullock, and lay it on the wood, and put no fire under. And call ye on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God that answereth by fire, let him be God. And all the people answered and said, it is well spoken. Elijah called two groups of people, called people to make a choice. And these people needed to make a choice. Notice verse 17 that Ahab was rather critical of Elijah. And he said, art thou he that troubleth Israel? Are you the one that troubles Israel? And in my response, My words, verse 18, Elijah said, Ahab, it's you and your fathers that are the guilty ones. You have not only rejected God, but you have forsaken the commandments. Now you are following heathen gods and that of Balaam. Verse 21, the Hebrew word for how long do you halt, the word halt. The Hebrew word for halt means to hop or to skip over. To hesitate or to leap leap over, basically skirting the issue, not making decision, procrastinating. And Elijah was calling them to make a choice, to choose you this day, who you're going to serve. And I ask you, it's sad to think of the children of Israel, the nation of Israel being in such such a shape. But I would ask you, what was it that... Precipitated this slide into apostasy? Where did it begin? What was God's commandment to the kings? And I, maybe it's other places, but turn with me, if you will, to Deuteronomy chapter 17. Deuteronomy chapter 17, verses 16 to 19. But he shall not multiply horses to himself, speaking of the kings, nor Cause the people to return to Egypt to the end that he should multiply horses. Forasmuch as the Lord has said unto you, ye shall henceforth return no more that way. Neither shall he multiply wives to himself, that his heart turn not away. Neither shall he greatly multiply to himself silver and gold. And it shall be, when he sitteth upon the throne of the kingdom, that he shall write him a copy of this law in a book, out of which is before the priests, the Levites, and it shall be unto him or unto the king, and he shall read therein all the days of his life, and he, that he may learn to fear the Lord his God and to keep all the words of this law and the statutes, and not only to know them, but to do them. Choose you this day. The king was supposed to read all the days of his life to learn to fear. I hope that you have a desire to read this word, that you have a fear of God, not a to be scared of him, but to have a holy reverence for him. And you have a desire to follow through the commandments that you see in God's word, to be obedient to them. Jeroboam was another king. I don't know that I'm going to turn to these, we could turn to these passages But you know Solomon, he was another king, and he was not to multiply to himself wives. But you look in 1 Kings chapter 11, verses 1 and 2, verse 4 and 6 to 10, Solomon did the very things that he was not supposed to do. Evidently, he did not have a fear for God's word, and he went away. 
from God's word, and you know the tragic result. Jeroboam also, I'll, I'll turn to this one, 1 Kings 12, 1 Kings chapter 12, verses 26 to 30. And Jeroboam said in his heart, Now shall the kingdom return to the house of David. If this people go up to do sacrifice in the house of the Lord at Jerusalem, then shall the heart of this people turn again unto their Lord, even unto Rehoboam, king of Judah, and they shall kill me and go again to Rehoboam, king of Judah. Whereupon the king took counsel and made two calves of gold and said unto them, It is too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. Behold thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And he set the one in Bethel and the other he put in Dan. And this thing became a sin, for the people went to worship before the one, even unto Dan. And then Ahab, the king of, of Israel, he's another king, the eighth king of Israel. He followed Jeroboam about 60 years, and he married the evil Jezebel, and that, that evil woman led him into idol worship. And then let me finish reading from 1 Kings 18, the account there with Elijah, 1 Kings 18, 36 to 39. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel, and that I am thy servant, and that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell, and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood, and the stones and the dust, and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces, and they said, The Lord, He is the God. The Lord, He is the God. So this group of people was brought to a, a, a decision. Choose you this day. They needed to make a decision. And God came through in a mighty way. Like I said, there's a lot of passages in the Old Testament where people were brought to the point of decision. To choose you this day, make a decision. And some people did for the right reason, and some people rejected God, and they suffered much for it. Now, secondly, I'd like to consider God's call to choose in the New Testament. And once again, there's a lot of accounts of where people, individuals, or groups were called to make a decision for or against Jesus. I'd like to consider one, Matthew chapter 27. Here we have the account of two individuals. They were both sinners. They were both robbers. Let's look at Matthew 27, verses 41 to 44. You know this account well. Likewise, also the chief priest, mocking him, and the scribes and elders said, He saved others himself he cannot save. If he be the king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross, and we will believe him. He trusted in God. Let him deliver him now, if he will have him. For he said, I am the son of God. The thieves, notice, plural, also, the thieves which were crucified with him cast the same in his teeth. We have two men here, two individuals. They were both sinners. They were both robbers. Both of these men were condemned to die a physical death at the hands of the Romans. Both of these men were condemned to an eternal hell for breaking God's law. 
And I would like to remind you that each one of us sitting here were under the same condemnation. You and I had rebelled against God, and we needed to come to the point of a decision. And notice the last of this, it says, Now the thieves, plural, also which crucified with him cast the same in his teeth. Both of the men um, were rejecting at this point. Let's look at Luke chapter 23, verses 32 to 43. Luke 23, 23, 32 to 43. There were also two other malefactors led with him to be put to death. And when they were come to the place which is called Calvary, there they crucified him and the malefactors, one on the right hand and the other on the left, Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. And the people stood beholding, and the rulers also which with them derided him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself, if he be the Christ, the chosen of God. And the soldiers also mocked him, coming to him and offering him vinegar, and saying, If thou be the king of the Jews, save thyself. And a superscription also was written over him in letters of Greek, and Latin, and Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. And one of the malefactors which were, railed, which were hanged railed on him, saying, If thou be the Christ, save thyself and us. Notice the tremendous change here in verse 40. But the other answered, rebuking him, saying, Dost thou not fear God, seeing that thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we received the due reward of our deeds, but this man, this man Jesus, had done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come in your kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. The word malefactor from the Greek means depraved, wicked. He was a wrongdoer or a criminal. But notice the beautiful change of heart in this man. Here we have the picture of all humanity, past, present, and future. And every person in this congregation this morning will find that you will identify with one of the men on the two outside crosses. Either you're dying in sin or you're dying to sin. Which is it? Choose you this day. Is it not true that the unrepentant thief, the criminal, did not go to hell because he robbed others, but because he rejected the opportunity for eternal life? Just like Stalin, he rejected the provision that God has given in Jesus Christ in the same situation that Joseph Stalin did what Joseph Stalin do. Was it a horrible thing? It was horrible that he would kill so many people. But his greatest issue, the greatest thing that he did, was rejecting the provision of Jesus Christ. He rejected. The Apostle Paul needed to make a choice. And sometimes, I don't know if you've been out on the streets and you've uh, testified and you've had some people ask you this question, And how would you respond? Why would a loving God send someone to an eternal hell? What do you say? 
If you're on the streets, what do you say when somebody says that? I don't know that this is a, a right response, but this is one. A loving God does not send someone to an eternal hell, but a loving God made provisions so we don't have to go to an eternal hell through Jesus Christ. And I say praise his holy name. There were a lot of people that were on trial that day, not the, only the two men that were on the two crosses. There were a lot of other people that had to answer that question. What will you do with Jesus? By the response, they made a decision to choose you this day. Real quickly, Pilate needed to make a decision. Matthew 27, verses 24 and 25. Matthew chapter 27, verses 24 to 25. When Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing, but that rather a tumult was made, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. See ye to it. Then answered all the people and said, His blood be on us and on our children. And I ask you, when, when Pilate washed his hand, did that relieve him from his guilt? He said, I'm innocent of this man's blood. It didn't. But you know what? Pilate made a choice. Choose you this day. What about the centurion? Matthew 27, verse 54. Now when the centurion and they that were with him watching Jesus saw the earthquake and those things that were done, they feared greatly, saying, Truly, this was the Son of God. The centurion, he made a choice. Truly, this was the Son of God, he said. In Luke chapter 23, Luke chapter 23, Joseph of Arimathea, I'm not, I'm always... Don't know if it's Arimathea, Arimathea, I'm not sure. Joseph of Arimathea will say in Matthew 27, verse, I'm sorry, Luke 23, 50 to 52. And behold, there was a man named Joseph, a counselor, and he was a good man and a just. The same had not consented to the counsel and deed of them. He was of Arimathea a city of the Jews, who also himself waited for the kingdom of God. This man went into Pilate and begged the body of Jesus. If I understand right, this man was a, a man of the, he was a part of the Sanhedrin, and he did not consent to all the people around him. He made a choice to choose you this day, and he made his choice. There was a lot of people that was watching the crucifixion that day. And they needed to make a choice. Choose you this day. What do you think? What do you say? I'd like to move to the last point of the message. God's call to choose in 2019. What will you do with Jesus in 2019? Have you recognized the truth of Scripture where it says, We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each one of us have turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. The Bible tells us plainly, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every one of us did. We needed to make a choice. Choose you this day. And you know, the call in our generation remains the same. It reminds me of the song that we sing sometimes. What will you do with Jesus? 
neutral you cannot be, someday your heart will be asking, what will he do with me? How long are you going to halt between two opinions? It is important and it's imperative that you make a careful choice. Choose you this day. Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Choose you this day. About a year ago, Sally and I went into VMRC to visit Paul Good. And while we were in there, we didn't realize it, but Rollin and Leanna were there in from Utah. It is Utah, isn't it? Nevada. I'm sorry. Nevada. And as old people do, we began to reminisce. Rollin and I began to reminisce of a time when about 43 years ago, he and I went to a graduation at Pocahontas County back in West Virginia. Rollins' best friend, and I'll not name him, Rollins' best friend was dating one of the most beautiful and popular girls in school. And this friend had a lot going for him. He was popular. He had a lot going for him. He had inherited his dad's gas station. He inherited his dad's restaurant. But Rollins shared this verse with me. As he thought, as he looked back and looked at the life of his best friend. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 26 says, For by means of a whorish woman, a man is brought to a piece of bread. What was the result of this man's pursuit? Choose you this day. A man needed to make a choice. He lost his business. And if I remember the story right, it's been a year ago since we were talking, but if I remember right, Rollin went and was talking to his mother and was referring to her son, and she basically said, I don't know who you're talking about. Basically, she just disinherited him, uh, maybe physically or maybe in her mind. I don't know. I guess it about floored him, Rollin, when, when she said, I don't know who you're talking about. But anyway, this man, this best friend, drives around in a 20-year-old pickup. The Bible says the way of the transgressor is hard. I said we're either identifying with one of the two thieves on the outside crosses. We're, We're either dying in sin or we're dying to sin. Which is it? And sad to say at this point, Rollins' best friend was dying in sin. There's a man that, that is getting out today. He has been in and out of Harrisonburg at the hospital. He's been in and out the rehabilitation uh, at Harrisonburg Health and Rehab. And he's getting home today. He has had been a slave of the bottle. 
a man that has needed to make a choice. And I don't know how much to say. This is, this is pretty close to my heart. We visited in this man's home uh, pretty often. We visited him in the hospital. We visited him in the nursing home. But I've struggled to know how to help him to understand his need of Jesus. To choose you this day. I'm really concerned when he goes home. You know, what's going to be available to him. But I called his wife and I talked to her this morning and I told her I'm really concerned for his spiritual well-being. Sometimes, how do we get through? How do we show the love of God to somebody that's in such need? And I struggle and I wish for your prayers. To pray for Billy. And his need to make a choice. Dying in sin or dying to sin. Is there any hope for people caught in the struggle today? Yes, there's hope in Jesus. Praise God, he don't send people to hell. He's made provision through Jesus that we don't have to go there. And I say, praise his holy name. Maybe you're aware of some other situations. Maybe you're aware of some people who are living in the bondage of sin. I encourage you to take them to the Father. Plead for the Holy Spirit to speak to their heart. There is hope in Jesus. You know, there's a mistaken theology in our world today. There's a lot of people that subscribe to the salvation by works. If in this week, Davy does a hundred acts, and 57 of them are good, and 43 of them are bad, I didn't think it's through. I hope that's a hundred. Well, he, is he good because of the 57 works he did that's good, and the 43 that he did are bad? Is he, is he good to go? Will that get him into glory? Absolutely not. We don't get there on our good works, but we do get there on the good work of Jesus Christ. And that's the only way. That's the only thing. Choose you this day. John 14, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but how? But by me. It's a narrow door. But Jesus in John 14, John 10, John 10 I believe it is, Jesus is the door. Jesus is the way. So in conclusion, if you're here this morning and God has spoken to you about a spiritual need, I just encourage you to recognize the loving call of Jesus. He held his hands outstretched. He went to the cross because he loved you. He loved me. Most of you have made that choice, and I'm happy for that. But there could be someone here this morning that's hanging in the balance that needed to make that choice. And I encourage you, choose you today. Make your salvation sure in Jesus today. It's available. We don't have any promise of tomorrow. If there's someone that is a Christian that's here today and you know that you have backslidden in your experience and you know that you're 
life, your heart is not right with Jesus, I encourage you to choose you this day whom you'll serve. Matthew eleven, twenty-eight to 30, Jesus lovingly implores the world, the lost, the backslidden, those that are in bondage, to come to me. Come unto, you, me, come unto me, Jesus said, all ye that are labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. I just like if we would sing a verse together. I'd like us to just bow our heads and sing a verse of softly and tenderly. Jesus is calling. If there's someone that would like to come forward, I invite you to do that. If you would like to slip up your hand and, and do that, um, maybe this wasn't re- planned real well, but i just like to give you opportunity if there's anybody here that is struggling with some type of bondage or you realize that you really haven't chose like you should you can make that choice yet today you don't need to shut your eyes but let's just kind of bow our heads and sing a verse of softly and tenderly respond as the holy spirit directs you i think one hand was raised i would just like to tell you brothers and sisters those of you that have made that choice One of the sermons I did think possibly of preaching this morning was who is a wise man and those that have been planted by the rivers of water. You as a single tree planted by the rivers of water, there's a lot of spiritual sustenance flowing past you. You can't can't partake of all of the spiritual blessings that are coming your way. You can receive what you need, but brothers and sisters, you have opportunity to share the blessings that God has given in you in your life. Uh, you can make a difference in somebody that's struggling in the bondage or someone that needs to make a decision to choose you this day. May the Lord bless you. May the Holy Spirit give you the direction. And may you be a conduit of God's grace in 2019. God bless you.